0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. I'm very excited about Vision Sunday. Um, And I know that there are are some key scriptures which God has, has has opened up to us in a very powerful way. Joel two is going to be um, a scripture more because this is a new season, and uh, I really believe that the house of God should understand that there is new grain, there is new, um, there is new wine, and there is new new oil. And and um, if if you don't understand anything, grain, wine, wine, and oil is is all right, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, uh, if, you want, if you want bread, uh, wine, uh, and uh, salad dressing, it um, <laughs> doesn't get much better than that. I mean, uh, you, all you need is some balsamic vinegar, right? And, uh, and you've got the start of um, some hors d'oeuvres before the main meal. And, uh, and uh, one of the things I love doing when I get to the Mediterranean... Uh, it always feels so much better then than it does when we do it at home is to sitting out in a restaurant under some <laughs> vines and uh, you get a table and then you get, they bring the bread out and then they just bring the the, uh, the balsamic vinegar and the olive oil and they just put it out and you just get the, break the bread and you just mix it in and you eat a bit, a bit of just oil just dribbles down here. And it's like, and you feel the warmth of the sunshine, and and you do it at home, and it's not quite the same, is it? You, you eat that food, and it kind of, it's nice, but there's something wrong in the atmosphere. The whole occasion is missing something. but I, I need you understand that the Holy Spirit has spoken a new word over this house, and and it's to do with a prophetic word that came to us in 2011, and I've been waiting and. And, and often spoken of this word that, that God will, will restore to us um, all that we are that there's in Joel two it says that he will restore to us the years the locusts have eaten. And we've seen we've seen the locusts come into the house. But but I, I don't want to be worried about locusts because everything that that, that is taken away God restores yeah. dramatically and, and you need to understand that out of this house, how many of you know that in worship there were a thousand people in here? Yeah. You've got to know that in, in the presence, see, presence breaks through. Mm-hmm. Presence breaks through when you're in the presence of God. See, the most important thing about church, and what gets me up every um, every morning, and 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 is the presence of God that carries us forward. Because if you don't have His presence, then you don't have the friendship that takes you through. What? Why else would you, you serve him? He he is here to take you through. Amen? And and his presence is if we can bring his presence and, and introduce people to the presence of God, then we know that we've done church. Yeah. Yep. The, the most critical thing, because presence leads people into his life and into his light and into his word. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. Well, this morning's message on our found series is called Our Harvest Festival. Our Harvest Festival. How many of you went to a Harvest Festival service when you were a child? How many of you remember? You remember a Harvest Festival? I remember as a child growing up and Harvest Festival would be, would be traditional churches would have them and also rural churches still today will be having their Harvest Festival service. And I always remember as a child in, in the Street Baptist Chapel that I grew up in that going to a Harvest festival and it would be the service would be held in the Sunday school um, and uh, this church was a was uh, the the Sunday school would be about two hundred children yeah. there were thirty people in the church <laughs> and two hundred kids in the Sunday school so they would have they would have harvest festival in the in the children 's church and um, which the actual children's church, the building was designed that the children's church was way bigger than the than the the church itself, and which could seat four hundred people. And uh, so the um, they would have this harvest festival, and, and I always remember as a kid, my mum would always give me a, a tin of baked beans because there were six of us, so she got to give six. So we would all come with a, a gift. Have you remember that you would come with a gift of food? And you would take it down the front and put it on the table. And on the table, and I always look at my tin of beans and think, oh, this is awkward. Because, <laughs> look at tin of beans, because there would just be this amazing fruit. There was always an enormous cauliflower. I don't know where they find them, bro. There was always an enormous cauliflower and then beautiful bread. And the room would be full of this aroma of all this just, just breads and, and home cooking that people have baked and cooked and, and there's just this beautiful food all laid out before us and then we would have this service where we would sing all creatures um all things bright, all things bright and beautiful that's it yeah all things bright and beautiful who remembers singing that song and 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 we would just worship and we would thank god for the harvest that had come in. I, I kind of feel like not doing a harvest festival in that kind. I kind of feel like we're missing something. At the same time, I don't want to fall back into that tradition and then just, because it would be really awkward, wouldn't it? You'd be all doing the tradition of it and not having the presence of God with you. And, and uh, But what would happen is we would sing these songs and we'd have the Thanksgiving service and then the, the leaders of the church would gather around and they would pick up all the food, box it up, and they would take it off immediately at that point. They would take it off. Uh, and deliver it to homes and families that that um, would be poor and needy uh, while the the church would gather and have uh, a, a meal together and it would just be one of the most sort of highlights of my my year as a child in church and and but i I, I want us to know that there is a harvest for the kingdom of god and and we would there is a harvest you know you 've got to know that God has found his his children and, and that the harvest is coming home. Yes. Yes. And Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 3 says this. And I, I want us to understand where the harvest is. We've got to know how this works. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, Some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and they were scorched and because they had no root they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. When anyone hears, sorry, verse 19. Let's jump down to verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed in stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he who has no root in himself but endures uh, only for a while, but when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, I want to speak to you this morning about verse 19, you see, because there is a there's a great harvest. We have to understand that the harvest that God is bringing us is seed that is, that is being planted into the ground. Now, soil is everything. This parable, these, this parable is, is all about the soil. It's understanding the nature of the soil. And soil is everything. In California, you have the Californian redwood, which is the tallest tree in the world. Um, and it grows to around 380 feet. That's 10 of these buildings stacked on top of each other. 380 feet, right? This building is about 40 feet high. Three, 10 of those stacked onto it, 380 feet. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 10 of those. Now, these trees grow to 380 feet. They live for between 1,200 and 1,800 years. Down the road, a few miles down the road from where these Californian redwoods famously grow, you have the same tree, and they grow about that big. <laughs> same tree, and they grow. That big because the condition of the soil isn't good enough. Life is all about the condition of the soil. And the Bible says that Jesus said to them that seed was sown by the wayside. Now, the wayside, we have to understand, is the place most trodden. It's the place that the wayside means the way in which people Will go. It's the pathway. It's a hardened place. Now we have to understand that, that most people, today's society, they live in the wayside. It is the place of most people's thoughts, opinions, and culture. It is the, it is the definition of today's world is the wayside. And we understand that the wayside is the place where everybody thinks, everybody sort of understands. It's the, It's the hardened, agreed places of thought. We have seen how culture slowly shifts and changes and it embraces a certain way of living. That is the wayside. Mm. What happens with the seed that falls on the wayside of our lives is it just sits on the surface because the wayside is so heart that is unable to get in to the very depth of a heart you see the seed if it remains on the surface and is not able to come down deep into it it is quickly eaten by the birds of the air which means it is quickly devoured by demonic spirit that takes away the power of the word away from our lives now I want to speak This word to you today because I'm speaking in two parallels. The parallel of reaching those who are lost, that they may be found, and understanding the same parallel works in our own heart, those who are already found. There is a wayside of our life. If there is ever a hindrance in our life, is ever there is a a blockage of just knowing where God is. It's understanding that his word needs to go deep in the most trodden places of our own life. See, most often there are, see, there are soft, we have soft places in our heart. We have places in our heart that are vulnerable. When you want to speak to someone, you know that coming to the front door and just speaking to them directly often yields no reward if you want to get through to them. When we want to get through to someone, we've got to find a way of putting our arm around the shoulder and just talking about the things that, just finding that soft place in the heart. Mm -hmm. But I want to speak to you today about breaking up the hard ground, the wayside that is of our life, that... There are attitudes, there are opinions, there are mindsets, there are cultures, there are habits and there are traditions that we we lay down and causes the seed of the word of God to land on the surface and the enemy quickly is able to take it away. Now we have to understand that, that the word of God is a Logos word and it is a Rhema word. Now, in John one one, the Bible says, um, <laughs> "I can always quote this. I wrote this without looking up, and the moment I get to preach it, my mind goes blank." The word of God, and the word was with God. So let me it's, and the in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word word, <laughs> the word word. <laughs> it sounds like a. A a publishing uh, software, doesn't it? The word word. And the word was with God. It says, is a Greek word, logos. And the logos was with God. The logos is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the logos. He is the word of God. And the word of God is the seed. He is the logos word. But then we have the Rame a word. Now, go to Acts chapter 12. Go to Acts chapter 12. Sorry, John chapter 12. Where am I today? Go to John 12. This is Jesus speaking. John 12 says this. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me... John 12, verse 46, I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge them. For I, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Go understand the culture of this house is not to judge the world, but save the world. We're not here to judge anyone. We're here to save them. He who rejects me and does not receive my words that was that was um, has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. See the word there is a rhema word and the rhema word is the spoken word that came from the logos. Now. There has been much teaching about we must live according to the spoken word, the rhema word of God. But the rhema word is the logos word being spoken. Yeah. The, the logos word is the seed and the rhema word is the seed germinated. Yeah. Wow. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. The seed. I can. You can have seeds. The we have a sycamore tree. I think I've spoke about this last week or, or the week before. The, the, we have a sycamore tree. The sycamore tree has uh, has um uh, it, it just throws out thousands of seeds. Um and the the seed will will just sit there. Uh, and in fact it needs about ninety days of cold weather for it to germinate. Otherwise, it will always be a seed. Still a seed, and in the seed, is extraordinary power yeah. to reproduce. Yeah. Yeah. And because Scotland is cold, and you'll, oh, you'll get 90 days of cold weather in winter, guaranteed, there are a lot of sycamore trees just sprouting up all over the place, and we have to walk around the garden and pick them out before they get fully rooted. You see, what happens is that the word of God is the seed. Jesus is the seed yeah. that comes. Yeah. Mm. But for it to become rhema word, for it to germinate, the soil has to be the right condition. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You see, the word is Jesus. Jesus is the logos. Mm. But for it to become rhema, understanding has to come see, let's go back to verse 19 of of Matthew chapter 3 and let's have a look at that again. It says here, in verse 19, it says this. And Jesus is explaining the parable. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away. So what happens is that the seed comes onto the soil, but it has no under where the soil is the condition of your heart. Yeah. But it has because there is no understanding, it is unable to get to a depth where the demonic spirit can't get to it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Where there's no understanding. In other words, understanding is the turning over of your heart that enables the seed to come deep into the yeah, inside. Yeah. To come to a depth where the word cannot come down. Now, understanding is an interesting word because the understanding is an understanding. It is a revelation that includes your whole sense. Hmm. All of your senses are understand the word now Cheryl and I um, I use Cheryl in a lot of examples and our romance and love life is, is quite publicly known now, when I say love life I mean our romance sorry, sorry I've just dug a huge hole for myself here <laughs> the story of our love <laughs> So when I met Cheryl, she was 15 and I was 18. And I'm like, wow, she's nice. But she's 15 and I'm 18. So a year later, (laughs) (laughs) I'm hanging out with Cheryl's brother, Graham. And uh, we're we're spending more time together. We're we're a renewed friendship. We're at school together. And I'm hanging out with Graham and I'm going around to see him. And Cheryl's there, now aged 16. Now, I'm expecting Cheryl to be overtaken by my attraction to her. And I'm expecting her. So I'm kind of like, wow, she's pretty hot. And, and uh, how amazing is she? So I have this love for Cheryl. This, And I'm expecting Cheryl to ex- feel the same. So on the day that I asked Cheryl out, I turn up early on a Tuesday morning. It's her day off. By the grace of God, it's my day off too. And so I turn up at her place and, and we chat away. And big question, will you go out with me? Is met with a no. A down, just a flat no. There was a, there was a pause. I give her that. There was a pause. It was probably just sort of like the shock. And then... <laughs> And then a no. Followed by, will you make me a cup of tea? To which I replied, with a slight pause, then a no. So, <laughs> then I left. And a seed was sown. <laughs> but it landed on the side of our heart. Because there was no understanding of what an amazing man I was. And, <laughs> It landed on, on hard ground and <laughs> I had to work hard before demonic spirits would <laughs> would come and take it away from, from us. So, so there she was a few days later. In a youth meeting, and, and there then we were, and and she sees me as I am, the, the truth of this this great man of God. And <laughs> see what happened is understanding came into her heart, and she kind of goes, she kind of goes, oh, I've got to live the rest of my life with this man. I, how how much better could life get? I just got to spend my life with him, and so and so she says to me, yes. <laughs> You know what, see see the word comes as a seed. (laughs) The word comes as a seed into our life, but it takes an understanding, an understanding of your senses. See see when Cheryl fell in love with me and I fell in love with her, it wasn't it wasn't that we had a list of five reasons. It wasn't a checklist of he's rich which he isn't. Uh, he has a really well-paid job. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he, he wasn't a checklist of those things. When you understand something, you you know it somewhere here. Yeah, yeah. And you know it in the senses of your being. So understanding is the understanding of the senses of your being. It's something which falls into the the depths of your And I want us to understand that that when something is the word, see, when the word is spoken over a heart, we have to let that understanding fall into the we have to let understanding open up, open up in us to let that word become something. If I buy Cheryl flowers, which I do on a fairly regular basis. I try not to be too, like it's it's got to be like it's got to be spontaneous. So when the flowers are gone, I don't just get more flowers, right? But I always make sure there are flowers in the house, as and when, just to make sure because the house house needs flowers, right? Hey, this is a lesson for guys: house needs flowers, right? And uh, so and uh, but they particularly, I know that Cheryl likes them, and I make sure that I don't buy chrysanth chrysanthemums. And, chrysanth- and, chrysanth- and uh, <laughs> I can never say that word. It's because carnations. carnations, it's carnations you don't like. Yeah. Carnations you don't buy carnations because because they're they're garage flowers, right? So uh yeah, something like roses or something. Anyway, you can get roses for three pounds. So and you know <laughs> <laughs> So you buy buy flowers for sure, right? But they are they're just they're cut flowers, and I put them in. We put them in water, and and then the flowers will eventually die. And now, and then they'll be cast away. Here's the thing, right? When the word of God is spoken into your life, if it doesn't become something alive in you, even though you'll remember it in your mind, you remember the word. I remember the flowers. It's no longer there. See, the word has to get into your heart. If it doesn't get into the understanding of your heart, if it doesn't become a part of your senses, it doesn't become a part of your action and understanding, if it doesn't become a part of what you do, even though you remember it, it's no longer there. Mm -hmm. The Logos word gets taken away. I remember it in my mind, but it's not in my heart. In other words, the word, the Logos word is always the Logos word. But I need the Logos word as a rhema word yeah. germinated in my heart. Yeah. And if the germinated word isn't, doesn't have a root in a which it can into the ground in which it can come, it gets snatched away. And like beautiful flowers that I remember sitting on the kitchen table, beautiful flowers get taken away very quickly yeah. because they don't last long. Does that make sense? In other words, the word must, must become deep in the heart. Yeah. Now, Jesus said this in Luke tw- 12, 24. He says, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Can I just say this? In what God is doing in the house, it is the lifting up of Jesus Christ and understanding his presence. And the power of the Holy Spirit is found when people find Christ. We have to understand that. If we pursue power but not Christ, we lose the whole point of the reason of power. And then we become like madmen chasing a sound and not having relationship with Christ. The power, the miraculous power that flows out of the word of God flows out of a true relationship with Jesus Christ because he is the seed that is sown in the heart. All right, let me move on. And he opened there, this is... This is what he's saying. So he spoke of the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. Verse 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So he came and he turned over the soil of their heart and the seed became rooted in them. And he said to them. Now this is, I need you to understand this is amazing. And he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. And the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. You see, this understanding, this revelation changed the way they they live Uh, In other words, what you know in the core of you, you will live by. What you know in your core, you live by. What you hear in your mind, you can agree with, but unless it's in there, you won't live by it. How many preaches that I preach do you remember? I won't take it personally, right? (laughs) Because I've heard a lot of messages too. How many do I remember? What you receive in your core is what you live by. A lot of seed gets scattered on the wayside of our heart. But to be truly found, we have to turn over the soil of the wayside of our heart. What is the wayside? The wayside is where your attitudes are. The wayside is where the most common place, where you just keep going back to. Where do you keep going back to? If you come and have a worship time, and then you go home, and you start feeling depressed, that's your wayside. Hello? That's your wayside. See, the wayside is what God wants to turn over. Now listen, how does the wayside get turned over? Apart from worship... And worship. I believe the reason why God spoke to us about how that God is building the tabernacle, restoring the tabernacle of David, is because David restored. He, David brought worship into the house of God to bring us into the to bring us to the holy of holies. It's worship. Tabernacle of David wasn't about sacrifice; it was about worship. You with me here? Because the sacrifice. He was a prophetic tabernacle of David was a prophetic demonstration of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice had already been given. All we need to do now is just worship him and we'll come before his mercy seat. All right? Now, so worship turns over the heart. It turns over the soil. It brings us to a point of revelation. But there's something that Jesus says here. and He opened their understanding and he says this, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. It says in Acts 17, um, it says in Acts 17 and verse 26. Um, it, when, when Paul is, is preaching to the, the, the Greeks and he's noticed they've got gods of everything and, and he sees they've got an idol to the unknown God. Now on that basis, he preaches a message to, them, to the unknown God, the God that they don't know. And he says... Um, In verse 27, he says, so that so that they seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. There's some key points. I need you to see this. People search and grope for him. How many of you know what that feels like? Just God, where are you? Here's the point though he is not far from each one of us yeah. Paul is speaking to the whole world here yeah. he is not far from anyone yeah. Yeah. isn't that extraordinary yeah. he's not far the seed is there it just needs to cut open up therefore since we have the since we are the offspring of God sorry in verse 28 for in him we live and move and have our being we used to sing a song. It was a New Frontiers. Dave Fellingham wrote it back in early 19, mid 70s. As also some of your own poets have said, for we also are his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone. Something shaped by art and man's devising truly these times of Truly, these times of ignorance got overlooked. Mm -hmm. But now commends all men everywhere to repent. What causes the seed to drop into the heart is understanding. What causes understanding to come is repentance. Did you see that? God oversaw He ignored the ignorance. The opposite of understanding is ignorance. So the hardness of our heart is actually ignorance. We have a mindset in this way, but actually it's this way. When I was a cabinet maker, I was pricing up all my furniture in a set way. I had a pricing policy. This is how I priced it. And I wasn't making any money. My brother came along who knows nothing about anything and says, you're doing it all wrong. He says, this is how you should price it up. And I cast him out in Jesus name <laughs> because he's just ignorant and he's my brother. What would he know? What I didn't know was that he was speaking, had been speaking to his father-in-law, who was one of the main directors of shell and an accountant. <laughs> Suddenly, the light goes on in my life and I realise that what he's saying is true. So after a period of time where I could say, I've had an amazing idea. (laughs) I price up my work correctly and my profit margin in one year goes from 27% to 72%. By understanding... Through repentance. (laughs) Now we have to understand... I I want you to get what... See, the word repentance simply means this. To change your mind and life to something better. That's repentance. To change your mind to a lifestyle that is better. We need to understand... We've got to get the power of repentance. Because if you think repentance is saying sorry, you have... Sorry is, is just the surface of repentance. Yeah. Because we would get our kids, I would get Heidi to say sorry to Joe. She would sorry. But I knew she wasn't sorry. Really. <laughs> 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 say sorry. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> You know as a parent, don't you? You know they're not sorry. There is no depth to that word at all. (laughs) If you think that coming to God and saying sorry is repentance, you've totally missed the power of this beautiful word. Repentance is the turning over your heart to understanding. If I'm not getting something, God, I change my mind about the way I live my life. Life. Cheryl and I were sitting, me, Cheryl and Boaz were sitting around the dining table last night. We had just cooked a meal and, and um, we were sitting there eating. And, and I said to Cheryl, I said to Cheryl and Boaz, I said, what would have happened, right, if before we started eating, instead of just saying grace, which we didn't say, because when I was a kid growing up, right, my father would always say grace. But only at dinner time, never lunch time, and, never lunch time and never breakfast time, only dinner time. And that kind of irritated me because I thought it was hypocritic and what was the point of saying it. And every time he said grace, he used to say, for what we are about to receive, may the Lord make us truly thankful, amen. Didn't mean anything. And in fact, it used to come, my, fu- my sister used to say, come on dad, say whatcha voucher.' What, Watch voucher. Watch whatcha voucher is for what we're about to receive. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Come on, come on, just say it so we can eat. So I would have this attitude towards saying grace before a meal because I knew it didn't mean anything. But there I am sitting with Cheryl and Boaz, and I said, supposing we just ask for God's presence to be with us, how much more different would our mealtime be? And as I said it, the presence of God just came. It was like, Oh, I've been invited. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment to have. That's called repentance. Yeah. That's repentance. You think repentance is like weeping over your breakfast cereal because what a miserable person you are. That is, that is, that is a poor understanding of repentance. Yes. Repentance is simply changing your mind yeah. and changing your life doing it differently why don't you ask the presence of God to be with you ask God change your life and understand the seed that God speaks the logos will turn over your heart understanding comes in and it becomes a rhema word and a rhema word will change everything